0: Turn with me to Mark chapter 14, again this morning. This will be our second week looking at this particular passage here, verse 12 through 31. And considering more particularly the the Lord's Supper here, and I'll I'll say a little bit more about that um, in, in a few minutes but let's let's read uh, together. Uh, listen as God's word is read, beginning in verse twelve. On the first day of unleavened bread when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, "Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, "Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, the teacher says, Where is my guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he himself will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Prepare for us there. The disciples went out and came to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he came with the twelve. And they were reclining at the table and eating. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be grieved and say to him one by one, Surely not I. And he said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who dips with me in the bowl. The Son of Man is to go just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. While they were eating, he took some bread, and after a blessing he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take it, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup, And given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, even though all may fall away, yet I will not. Jesus said to him, truly, I say to you, at this very night, before a rooster crows twice, you yourself will deny me three times. But Peter kept saying insistently, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they were all saying the same thing also. We'll end our reading there this morning. I'm not a very uh, tech-savvy person. And yet our lives, of course, are full of complex, highly capable technologies. And I tend to use these things either not understanding how they're really functioning, uh, just benefiting from them, or just using them for very basic functions. So take a, a laptop, for example. Uh, it's, my laptop is very useful to me. I use it a lot, um, but it's loaded with apps that I don't know what they're for and uh, capabilities that I, I don't know uh, what they do or, or vaguely have a sense of, of what it can do. So I'm left often with a sense that I'm not using this thing nearly to its, its potential benefit. Well, I want to compare that to a way that I've struggled in the same way at times with, with the sacraments, with baptism and the Lord's Supper. And I think many Christians do as well. And looking particularly this morning at the Lord's Supper in this passage and uh, sharing the Lord's Supper together this morning. Um, Considering this passage uh, again, uh, not in maybe the usual exegetical way that that we usually go through a a passage more topically, practically this morning. And really simply asking the question, uh, what should I think about during the Lord's Supper? Uh, what, What should I think about? meditate on. Uh, I can remember as a very young communicant member in the church and and years beyond, I sat in worship during the Lord's Supper and I understood the basics, um, the basic function of the Lord's Supper, sort of like my use of the laptop um, and, and the basic uh, symbolism involved and what was represented. But I was still left with questions as I held bread and, or cup in my hand, um, you know, how should this be directing me in my thoughts or my faith? How is this benefiting me? What should I feel? What, sh- what should I think? And, and I knew I could be thankful for forgiveness. I could confess sin, uh, but, but I often struggled, uh, have struggled to move beyond you know, these few familiar things as, as good and central as those are. Uh, and I guess I longed for something like what I'm, I'm trying to do uh, in, this, in this sermon this morning, um, give a, a framework of suggestions of, of what, what to think about, uh, how, to, how to reflect on uh, the Lord's Supper, particularly uh, as we're celebrating it, how to focus, how to, how to benefit as we receive um, these, these signs, and these promises from Jesus um, every other month as we do here. Uh, the Lord's Supper is not just something that happens to you right um, It's not it's not automatic right you you hold the bread, you hold the cup you, you take them and, and you get the grace right It's not like an ATM you push the right buttons and and the money comes out whether you believe in the money or understand how the ATM works um, that's not how the Lord's Supper works. it's It's received by faith and benefits us to the degree that we, understand it and 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 know how it how it is to benefit us uh, in one sense the Lord's Supper and baptism Lord's Supper is very simple right very simple uh, two very simple elements uh, that symbolize the body and blood of, of Christ uh, Jesus institution of it here and in, in Mark 14 is very simple very brief a couple of sentences Um, It's very simple on the one hand, but at the same time, it's almost infinitely rich. Um, Sort of like a masterpiece painting, right? And and in one sense, a painting is just, it's paint on canvas. It's a simple representation. You can describe it in a sentence, right? That's a a landscape of a beach, or this is a scene from the Civil War, or something like that. Um, But at the same time, if it's a masterpiece, it's loaded with meaning and symbolism that can be Discovered and, and discussed uh, for for a very long time. And the Lord's Supper is like that. There's a richness of meaning and benefit to us, uh, despite its its simplicity. And so, I want to give you a simple but systematic bullet point outline of suggestion uh, for how to think about and benefit from the Lord's Supper when we when we observe it as a way to move in the direction of appreciating the richness and the benefit of the sacrament. This, of course, isn't the only way you could do this. It doesn't even come close to exhausting what we could think about uh, in the Lord's Supper, but but hopefully um, it's a somewhat memorable framework uh, that, that perhaps some of you will find helpful uh, and benefit from. Uh, maybe it's something you can have in mind and and, and think about one of these points each time we have uh, the Lord's Supper or something like that. Um, the, 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 the outline that you have that we're going to go through there in your bulletin is not original with me. Um, I came across this basic scheme uh, a good while ago uh, in, in just a very brief uh, article. But I found it a helpful way to think about the Lord's Supper. And so I'm, I'm sort of adapting that outline to considering this passage and this question, particularly, what what should we think about uh, in the Lord's Supper okay uh, just just one other note as well I'm, I'm going to use more scripture references than I normally do uh, today um, I generally try to focus particularly on the passage at hand I, I think generally tons of scripture references can be can obscure the, the point of the sermon or, or of the text that we're particularly looking at but um, sometimes that can be appropriated a more more topical sermon, which is my approach this morning. And so my, my idea is that you might you might write these references down. This might be uh, something of a reference or a resource uh, for you. So back to our question. When we're receiving the Lord's Supper, uh, what what can we think about? So number one on your outline uh, is look up. Look up. Uh, this is simply a reminder, though it may seem obvious or simple at first, to think about God. And think about Jesus, but but in this sense, particularly that this is His feast. It's His invitation to you. Um, it's His feast given to you. Consider how that's emphasized in, in Mark 14 here. Uh, it, verses 12 to 16, just like when uh, before the triumphal entry, uh, Jesus gives instructions to his disciples, you'll go into the city, you'll meet this person, and this is how it will all be prepared. Um, And 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 Mark notes it happened exactly like Jesus said. And then verse 22 and following, Jesus is the one taking the bread and taking the cup and offering them and and, um, explaining them. He presides over the meal. In other words, Mark makes it clear Jesus is the host of this Passover uh, and this institution of the Lord's Supper. It's it's his meal. The disciples and anyone else who who happened to be there uh, were his guests. And so a a first and important thing to have in mind when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, uh, again, is you are his guest. This is his meal. Uh, He must be central. Uh, And just like with baptism, the Lord's Supper is not not primarily something that you do or I do. Um, It's not something that we perform. It's something that we receive from God. Um, God is, is sealing and confirming his promises to you. Uh, in, in these, the symbol of bread and the cup. He's confirming your identity in Christ to you. It's like getting a, a receipt that says this, this thing that was bought, it's, it's completely paid for. It's done. Uh, right? Or like someone getting their citizenship papers. You, you are a citizenship of this place now. The Lord's Supper confirms what, what he has done. So look up. Make, make God central to your reflection. Uh, not what you are doing or what you are feeling. Uh, But think about his gracious invitation to you, to his table. Uh, Number two, uh, look back, look up, uh, look back to the sacrifice of Jesus for you. Of course, this is is particularly uh, central. Verse 22, Jesus uh, breaks the bread and says, take it, this is my body. Verse 24, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Jesus' death on the cross is the the historical event that's at the center of the Lord's Supper. Um, Look back, consider all that was accomplished for you on that day when Jesus gave himself on the cross. The implications for you to consider, again, in one sense, are are inexhaustible. But think about these, these few. Uh, Romans 3.24 says, you are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. You are justified by His grace. Uh, you're completely righteous. Your, your sins are gone. Uh, Colossians 2.14 says that record of, of debt that stood against you is nailed to the cross with Jesus. In the Lord's Supper, you receive that reminder that all the evil, uh, big and small and and otherwise, that that you have ever done is wiped away. It was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Uh, And so that also means you're you're reconciled to God. Uh, Romans 5.10, if if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, uh, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Uh, The Lord's Supper proclaims to you that you're reconciled to God. There's no question as to whether God will save you or accept you. Uh, You've been completely reconciled to God himself. Uh, The Lord's Supper reminds you that you've not just been forgiven and and let go, as it were. You know, as a a, a judge acquits someone and then out the door they go back to their life. But you've been adopted into the family of God. We look back to... Jesus accomplishing our adoption on the cross. Galatians 4, verse 4 and following, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. As sons and daughters. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God. Because of that, the Lord's Supper assures you that you are secure uh, every day, no matter what you've done, uh, no matter what your failures are or will be, um, your lack of love or attention to God Himself, you are secure in His love. You're secure no matter what else happens. Uh, we look back to what Jesus accomplished on the cross, assuring us of that. Romans eight, thirty-eight and following says, familiarly, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And That, that security we have because of Jesus' death, because he gave himself, um, extends through death into eternity. The Lord's Supper reminds you not only of, of Jesus' death, but, but necessarily of his resurrection as well, um, that that you have victory over death because of his sacrifice. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54, uh, Paul says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ because of his death and his resurrection. So look back to the meaning of of Jesus' death and what it accomplished for your life. Thirdly, look up, look back, look in. Look in. The the Lord's Supper is a call to self-examination in light of Jesus' death and your union with Him. Uh, Just consider the disciples in this, this scene again here. Jesus is giving Himself as a sacrifice for them. He's explaining that. Uh, it's because of the, the horrifying depth of their sin and our sin and their depravity and weakness and inability. and He, he also goes on, as we looked at last time, to give them a specific warning. You're, you're going to stumble tonight. You're going to fall away. Uh, and they all refused his, his warning. right They basically all refused humble dependence on him and said, essentially, <laughs> you're wrong, Jesus. Surely not I. Now, you couldn't be talking about me. We're strong, right? We won't fail. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't ready to give themselves to Jesus as he was giving himself to them because they didn't know their weakness. The Lord's Supper is a call to holiness because Jesus gave his life uh, under the wrath of God uh, for you. We, we looked at last week Jesus' anticipation of that suffering under the wrath of God, his, his agony over it. It's a call to to examine ourselves in light of what Christ has done for us. Romans 6.11 tells us to count ourselves dead to sin but alive to Christ Jesus. Uh, What what sins were paid for by Jesus on the cross at at the cost of the blood of the Son of God that maybe you are allowing to live? Uh, Colossians 1.22 says Jesus' death was... Quote, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. That's what it calls us to. Second Corinthians 5. We use this as a sort of theme verse in the retreat last week. It says Jesus died. Why? So that we would no longer live for ourselves. That's how Paul puts it there. Jesus died so that we would no longer live for ourselves but for him who died for us. What what sin do you need to turn away from in order to give yourself more fully to to Christ as he has for you? The the Lord's Supper recalls the the greatest act of love imaginable for you. Uh, The the other John 3.16, 1 John 3.16, reminds us of this. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers something that the Lord's Supper calls us to reflect on. Jesus laying down his life. Are we laying down our lives for others? As you receive the Supper, consider where you need to love others better. Are you laying down your life for your husband, for your wife, for your parents, or your children? Are you laying down your life for your neighbor who does or doesn't know Christ? And and the point of this self-examination is not to self-flagellate or to... Do penance or to be depressed. The point is, no one deserves to be at the table of of the Lord. Right? That's uh, highlighted in Mark's Mark's account of Jesus' interaction with the disciples here. But this is this is who you are. This is who Christ has made you. You're welcomed as sons and daughters. And so it's a call to consider whether you're living in the blessings and privileges, and call that that go along with that. Uh, look in. Where do you need to feed on Jesus more for trust or holiness or love or joy? Fourthly, so we have, I don't know if I can keep them all straight now. Look up, (laughs) look back, right? Look in, and look around. Fourthly, look around. The disciples again provide a good contrast for us and, and insight into our own hearts here. Uh, the disciples have previously, when, when Jesus talked about his death for them, debated which, was the, which of them was most awesome. Um, here, Peter says essentially, Lord, you can't possibly be talking about me, right? Maybe these losers, but not me, right? I, I will die uh, before uh, I fail you. And of course, he was wrong. There's some, some facts to stipulate about ourselves. Uh, our lives are full of comparisons to others, right? At at school or at work or in competition with our siblings uh, or in social media and so on. Uh, second thing is that unity is hard, uh, even in the church. Uh, humble unity is hard. Sometimes it's absent. There's tension even in the, in, in the family of God in the church. We can't understand why other people aren't more grown up, right? Like me, like you. Um, Pride is is the biggest problem for each of us. We always think that someone else is is the main problem, right? Which of us is not guilty of having thoughts like that, even in the church, that this church would be better if only so-and-so weren't here, if only so-and-so weren't so prideful or so stupid, or if they just would work harder or serve more. So look around during the Lord's Supper. Uh, Look at your fellow believers. Your your sin costs the death of Jesus uh, just the same as everyone else in the room, anyone else in the world. Uh, You need no less grace than anyone in the room needs. No no matter what you know about other people, you need no less grace than anyone else as we share the Lord's Supper together. Uh, All eat from the body of Christ. Right, all drink from the cup. It, it points to our equality and need and our, our unity in Christ. Here are a few verses to meditate on here. Romans 12.5 Romans 12.5 We, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. The Lord's Supper should remind us of that. 1 Corinthians 12.13 for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we could extend that list uh, almost infinitely. And all were made to drink of one spirit. In Colossians 3.15, Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. We should especially be reminded in that as we share the Lord's Supper together, as we look around. Then, fifthly and finally, I encourage you to look ahead. Look ahead. The Lord's Supper points us to look ahead because Jesus looked ahead at the Lord's Supper. Verse 25 Truly I say to you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. He's, he's anticipating that day when He feasts with us in the kingdom of God. Um, Jesus also looked ahead more immediately here in, in His great and gracious promise in verse 28 we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Where He says, But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And just remember what that state meant, statement meant. That Even though the disciples were arrogantly, self-confidently denying His warnings to them, uh, even though they were continuing in disbelief, presumably about his death and his resurrection, uh, they'll be cowering in fear even after he's raised from the dead. Uh, even though they're about to turn their backs on him and abandon him, and, and just are generally totally unworthy of this table, and these promises that he's giving them, uh, he's already anticipating meeting them in Galilee uh, and reconciling with them. So in the Lord's Supper, you are reminded and assured that no matter how you fail or how you're unfaithful, Jesus will meet you in Galilee, if you will. More than that, he'll he'll meet you in glory Uh, at another great feast. Revelation 19 says, Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, and the Lord's Supper is a taste of that great day. And So we worship not only looking back, but we worship looking forward uh, to what we anticipate. And In a sense, you are already clothed in robes of, of white, of righteousness, and welcome at the table of Jesus. Uh, in anticipation of of actually seeing and actually feasting uh, bodily with Him uh, one day, And the Lord's Supper calls you to look forward to that in eagerness, uh, like like kids in the back seat who look up so ever, every so often with the emphasis on often to say, "Are we there yet?" Right, the Lord's Supper should cause us to look up and uh, with eager longing, are, "Are we there yet? Come, Lord Jesus." Um, in anticipation paul reminds us of that as well in in writing in first corinthians as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes again and we uh, look ahead to that until that that jesus himself mentions as well let's pray together father in heaven we uh, thank you for this consideration of your word this morning and Uh, time to reflect on this great gift of uh, the Lord's Supper that we're about to enjoy. I pray that you would teach us more and more throughout our lives how to benefit from uh, this gift and from our baptisms, even though we don't uh, redo our baptisms over and over. uh, Give us mindfulness uh, in both of these gifts, both of these assurances uh, of our faith. Uh, And Lord, build us up in in faith and hope and love uh, through this meal this morning. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.